Good morning, listeners, um, and welcome to the meeting room. Um, it's a safe space, a brave space where um, we work well. We journey together to um, a journey of and through a journey of anti-racism. Um, and this year, our focus is on hope givers and change makers. And we are very privileged to have two young gents. I say young because. You are younger than Karen and I, so falls in the category of young. Two young gents who we met by accident, uh, well, fortuitously, and um, we have been forming a relationship. And for us, they epitomize um, being change makers and hope givers in South Africa. So welcome, Mbere and Spoo. And I'm just going to let you introduce introduce each other. Introduce yourself, not into each other. You want to tell us a bit about yourself, Mbere? Okay. Uh... Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I'm glad to be here actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so my name is Mberegeni. Yeah. Uh, so I can people normally call me Mbere. So I'm okay with that. Um, so I grew up in Limpompo, in Venda. So I would start off where I left my uh, village or my hometown. So I started studying here in Cape Town with UCT in 2017 and then um, I got um, permanently employed in sort of Brackenfell. that was in 2011 so I've been staying here for almost 15 years 16 years almost my entire life actually mm -hmm. here in mm -hmm. Cape Town so yeah that's in short um, thanks when were you born in Bere? I was born um, 1988, so I'm 34 years now. Yeah, 34 years. 1988? Yeah, 1988. So I matriculated in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> That's giving respect. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Alright, uh, my name is um which means a blessing, uh, which I hope to be um, in this world or to be known as a blessing. Um, I was born in Gauteng, in the East Rand, um, 1983, and um, I grew up in most parts of South Africa. I moved, uh, I moved, uh, I moved a lot, so I lived in Free State at some point, I lived in Pumalanga, um, but when I started school, I was in Pumalanga, I started primary school up until high school. And then after that, I moved back to Gauteng to go study IT hmm. and started working in Gauteng. And a um, few years later, I changed my career from IT to telecommunications. Uh, found myself moving to Durban because of work. From Durban, I moved to Cape Town, still in telecommunications. And I sort of um, missed IT and went back into IT. Um, which is what I'm doing currently, and I've been in Cape Town since 2012, um, yeah, to date. Sure. Mm. And are we allowed to ask when you were born? Yeah. Yeah, I did say um, I was born in... <laughs> oh, you did, <laughs> sorry. I was yeah. listening to all the other um, details. 83. So I'm 39 okay. this year. And, Mbeda, um, uh, you're not married, are you? No, no, I'm, I'm still single, single and uh, but I'm hoping soon. <laughs> Does yeah. that mean you've got someone in mind? Yes, I hope so. Yeah, hoping we'll we'll try not put you on the spot tonight. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, I want to um, 
So, so listeners, uh, the, the reason why Karen and I were so um, inspired by um, these two young gents is because of your ages. Because when I think, when I was your age, I mean, we were living the life and, you know, why would you want to give your weekends up to work at Sino Kanyo and Sino Tando? So, um, yeah, so that's what inspired us. Um, first question. Can you, so you've told us where you were born and where you grew up, so I'm not going to go into that. Um, I'm going to go into the second question, Karen, because I think the gents answered oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the first one. So what effect, um, or how has it been for you growing up, I don't want to say post-apartheid, because we, we, we're not living post-apartheid. Our lives are still lived very separately, um, economically and geographically. But how does it feel like growing up post-1994? Because obviously Karen and I, large part of our lives we grew up in apartheid so how has it mm. been for you you gents yeah so for me it might be actually different because i was sort of born 88 so and uh, i was in the villages basically mm. so from my understanding is maybe apartheid was not so prevalent or because you were still young you didn't really get to sort of uh, be part of it or it was directly impacting mm. you. Maybe our parents at that point mm. was impacting mm. you but for me because I was too young I wouldn't have I was just thinking maybe it's something that is mm. just you know happening mm. so I didn't really it, it didn't feel like sort of this apartheid because you were at a young age so the only thing that you do is you wake up you go play with your friends mm. you go to school so we never really had that um, sort of inventions that people speak about, like so way to Chawero mm -hmm. and all those things. Maybe in the township that I was, but I remember uh, when they said Nelson Mandela is about to release, you would just hear it on the radio to say, mm. oh, Nelson Mandela is going to be released, mm. there's freedom and all those things. But for me, um, it, didn't, it was not so prevalent until you were taught or you hear about these things afterwards and then you you read from the news you see the videos mm -hmm. and then afterwards you just realize okay this is what it was but i mean i was young i mean 88 mm -hmm. that was when uh apartheid was mm -hmm. almost mm -hmm. fading away so mm -hmm. it was not at the part like where years, like, that yeah. was six six years before yeah. uh nelson mandera had um mm -hmm. just before he was he was released so but yeah, I, I don't know if maybe we would, would, would go first just to, to, can, to elaborate so, us. Can I just ask, so now, so you were six when we, Karen and I, um, voted for the, well, I voted for the first yes. time. Um, how has it been in terms of your schooling? Um, yes. mm -hmm. Because it would be very different to ours. I went to an all-colored school. So mm -hmm. yes. until I got to UCT, did I realize? I was sitting in a multiracial lecture for the first time. Mm. How was that? Because you had some inkling as you heard about, you know, that everything was separate. And But how has it been for you growing up, um, going to the schools you did? Did you go to, a, I know um, um, Spoo mentioned that he went to a multiracial school. Mm. So how was it like for you, especially coming from a village or, be, or coming to UCT for the first time? Like, okay, so... I went from a primary level, from grade one, grade grade, uh, grade four. Mm. There was a school in a village, so it was made of wood, and uh, mm. you know, so 
so it didn't have brakes, all those things. So, but for us at that point, it felt like something great because we had not seen like mm. rigs and other things. So we didn't think there was probably a superior school that that is better than what we had. Mm. So, but then from there, I moved from that school to a school next to the other village that was a bit better. So it had brakes from grade two to grade seven. So mm. that is still in the rural village. So there was no sort of that invasion. Maybe it's because of access. I'm, I'm like from a deep, deep rural village. Mm. If, I'm, if I'm saying, let's go to my place, you probably need a 4x4 four four because sure. you might not come back. And when it rains, you can't come out. Okay. So it's very deep. So, so maybe we're not just exposed. But from there, from high school, then uh, because the school that was in the village, which is the high school, was not... My father used to say, it's not... You, you need better education. Uh, the school here is is not what I want you to be taught. So you need to go to a high-performing school. Mm. But a high-performing school is a school that is probably next to sort of a town, sort mm. of, that is, that, that is a better version of it. Mm. So, but it, there is no like different races there. You still mm. the same sure. sort of community, mm. same language, uh, people from Venda. So it's not like you have different races mm. actually. So you still feel the same way, but it feels better for me because uh, when school closes, I go back home, and mm. when school opens, then I go back. I was staying with my uncle, he was mm. close to town there. Mm. So, but then the jump was when you had to now come to Cape Town. Mm. So, yeah, that was, that was quite different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know how to use a computer, mm. the language is quite different. Uh, now you're meeting different races, mm. so now you need to adjust to the way they. They do things and so so but at UCT um I didn't feel it that way but the only issue that I felt maybe was a challenge for me is because of um how would I say it now? Um because I come from I would say a poor sort of family. Mm -hmm. You come here and there's people they have um people that have or students that are driving their own cars. Mm. So that was quite different for me. I'm thinking, hey, that is my dream car. That is my dream car. I'm driving my dream car. Exactly. <laughs> I'm still a student. And I'm still a student. I'm like thinking, that is what I'm studying for wow. here, yeah. you see. Wow. So it was actually different to sort of associate yourself with those people because mm. you think, but what, what am I coming mm. with? You know, all mm. those things. Um, but besides that um from a sort of uh, school level um i didn't feel that racial sort of mm. um but the inequality you could see it mm. from 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 school level that we're actually quite different mm. uh because i'm still from trying to get to where the student that i'm studying with um to do that level but then when you come to your workplaces that's when you actually mm. actually see it like uh, sort of racial inequalities um we spoke uh, sort of appointments being made mm. uh some people your boss is somebody that actually doesn't have a quality you actually have a better qualification <gasps> than that person mm. so <laughs> yeah that that becomes a sort of you think to yourself, but mm. uh, I'm mm. in so little, but I have, uh, sure. mm. I'm reporting to that person. So it's 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 one of those those things that I felt that yeah they mm. they yeah for me it wasn't right it wasn't right. So it's still there, but 
I think it is sort of improving in a way that when we do sort of recruitment, qualification comes superior. So if you don't have a qualification, mm -hmm. obviously you won't get that. Mm -hmm. But the people that are still there, mm. that were there prior, are still the ones that you probably have to most likely mm. report you. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. That, that's always how it felt as well. They just swallow mm. the you more qualified than mm. the person. Yeah. Um, Spoo, how was it for you growing up? So you would have been, so you're five years old, so you would have been about 11 as we were coming out of a, uh, well, as we were coming, mm. going into a democracy. Mm. And you've described, so you grew up in a, ta in a city which is also slightly... Well, I grew up in, in Pumalanga, in Balenche, which is in Sequinda. You know Salso? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's a town based on Salso. Yeah. Salso is yeah. the main uh, big company that yeah. is there. So when I started primary, well, I was, in, I was still studying in the location. And I remember, I think it was... 1990, if not 1991, I was doing grade. Back then, we still called it sub A and sub B. Oh, yeah, grade, yes. grade R and one. No, sub A was grade one, hmm. sub B was grade, grade two, two, and then standard yeah. one. I was doing standard one, oh, which okay. is grade, grade three. two. No, grade, grade three. three. Grade three, yes. I always get confused with the <laughs> So, but I remember this one time. I don't know what was happening. I definitely know that we were not causing trouble, but um, police came mm -hmm. and they fired tear gas at us. Mm -hmm. um, still, what, what, eight? Because I started school when I was mm -hmm. five, so it must have been about seven mm -hmm. at the time. I remember running into this house. Um, we didn't even knock, we just opened the door. Some kids went to the bathroom, some went to the basin just to get some water and put them, put, put it on your eyes, you know. Um, like I said, even today, when I try to think about it, I can't mm -hmm. think of a reason why it would happen. I mean, it's a primary school as mm -hmm. well. I don't think we were a threat for anything, mm -hmm. you know, but it was just one of those things that we used to happen, you know. Um, and then I went to, to Hafa Ridge, um, which was a multiracial school, uh, which was still a primary, and then I went to high school. Um, from there, I went to tertiary, where I did my, I went to, to the Val in um, Thunderbird Park. I went to study the VUT, which back then was still known as Valtech. Mm -hmm. I did computer systems there. And... Um, after that, completing my diploma, I started, I went to, I did an intention. So what I can say from my side is, before the 94 um, elections, it was, obviously, few people would be able to go to a matricial school, mm. you know. Um, You'd have to be moneyed and, mm. you know, mm. no people and for you to get that opportunity. My mom was a teacher. And um, I think after the post-94, there was a difference that I saw. Mm. You know, there was some changes that I, that I saw. I, I think today, I'm in IT. I managed to get an internship because of 
um, opportunities that yeah. were put in place yeah. post 94 mm. you know okay. um, as much as we complain sometimes we don't see that much difference but I, I must say mm. there is quite some difference that um, that okay. made there is one location that, we, that is oh, one town about 20 kilometers from from mine Bacon home, it was just shacks only. So whenever you drive from from Joburg when you're on an N17 heading home, as soon as you see smoke, mm. you know that you're close. Mm. Because that town, it was literally just shacks mm. only. No electricity. Everyone has to, you know, light their stoves and prime stoves mm. and whatever to cook mm. in. Uh, but today you will barely ever see a shack. Mm. You know, they did manage to build um, RTP houses mm. and, you know, um, so those are the differences that I've seen, you know, based on back then and, and now. Um, went to, well, I started working after my internship, even though it was paying so little. <laughs> I think I was earning a thousand rent. And living away from home, I still oh, from right. that thousand rands, I had to get a place to live. Mm. I had to transport. Transport. Mm. Remember now, my internship was in Midrand. I cannot afford to live mm. in Midrand because mm. places are expensive. So mm. I have to find a place. I was living in Pretoria. Mm. I had to wake up at four in the morning in order to get to work at mm. six. Get back at home run about eight or so, eight mm. to nine. I still need to get food before I sleep. Mm. Mm. Prepare for the following day. Wake up again at four. Mm. So that was my, my life. That's how I started mm. um, my career. Um, but still with that, I knew exactly what I wanted. Mm. I, I pushed up until I got where I am today. Mm. You know, um, with challenges, obviously. Mm. Um, as I was saying earlier on, where, as Mera was saying as well, the inequalities at work, you know, tertiary was fine, it was, I didn't have any challenges there. But at work, um, one company that I worked for here in Cape Town, when I started, um, when I applied rather, they wanted five years experience, mm. so much qualifications that I managed to produce. Started working there, they gave me a certain amount. And I think six months later, or a year later, mm. here comes this white small boy. And when I say small, I literally mean small because he, was, he had just completed matric. Mm. Mm. And they put, him, they put him in the same position as I was in. Had to train him, show him how we do things straight from high school and I think at some point where I was like headed because it was not just only that my boss then was I think he wasn't even afraid to to tell me that he was racist mm -hmm. you know he would show it in so many ways and even tell me that you need to stick stay in your box you should and if he says do this you must do it that way, mm. irrespective of you have your qualifications, mm. your experience, your, you know, what you employed for. Um, you should do things his way, whether it's working or not, you must do things his way. 
Otherwise, you would never fight with him. Mm. And he would tell you that, stick to your box. Mm. You know, don't I, think outside of it. So I like, um, well, two things I think mm. that are important that you realize. Firstly, that we often aren't aware because there is a narrative about our current government and corruption, mm. but we're not aware of the changes that have happened, mm. which I think Charlene mm. highlights so in her book. Mm. So yeah. she, the book we currently go because she's a researcher, mm. she, she lists everything that the ANC has actually done. Mm. And what she also says that for people who grew up around here, nothing much seems to have changed, Change, yeah. mm. but for people who mm. didn't have electricity before, yeah. Mm. That you know, or or uh-huh. schools or yeah. whatever. Mm. Um, and the other thing I picked up because both of you have said that it's the workplace that you mm. really were faced with mm. with racism mm. um, is that often um, we've been freed. And where did I read this? We've been freed politically, mm. people of color, but economically, mm. We, mm. there's no there isn't freedom. And because of mm. what you've described. Where if you're having, and mm. she quoted that was 2016, mm. did she say 70, 80% of uh, JC listed companies is either owned, managed, CEO by white people? Mm. Yeah, it's actually about 80, if not 90, mm. so it's a lot. Is, mm. so, so, yeah, so, it's a high percentage. So, which means that mm. if, if they are still giving mm. access, giving the same opportunities as was given, mm. in a, you know, if they're still making those opportunities available to white people, the what we lose out as black people we can mm. never ever quantify mm. because we were losing years mm. we we using um salaries you know because we paid lower mm. and so all of these things but it's very um it's not over so no one's aware of it so when mm-hmm. they say yeah but now you're free mm. well it's, that, so freedom like, is a yeah, yeah. when it yeah. comes to economic economical power we're still still yeah. in the same place yeah. Yeah. like i was saying this when i left the company I found out that this guy was earning 10,000 rands more than what I was earning. Mm. The same small that I was talking about. And he wasn't qualified. He wasn't qualified. Mm. And he, they were just about to promote him. Mm. That's when I was like, this is it. I'm leaving this company mm. because it's a listed company. Yeah. You? And I was sure. like, I cannot work sure. for, for such a place um, in such an environment where yeah. you even get migraines because yeah. of the the stresses you yeah. know you spend most of your time at work yeah so if it's not conducive then yeah. it's not and worthwhile so the interesting thing for me mm. is that there's that it's that the two narratives so for the white person that young white guy mm. that person the journey still remains easy yeah mm. it's to date it's to date to date it's, it's still so easy but for you there's a whole set of different rules that apply so you have to jump through all these hoops before you can even get your foot in the door, mm. and then it's still mm. not equal. Mm. So that's that's when we talk about our what people would say a post-apartheid South Africa. Mm. You know, you can see those threads of apartheid are still, still there. they're still there. Mm. Mm. I mean, nowadays, what they do is I'm a CEO of this company or I'm a director of this company. I've got a friend who's a director somewhere mm. else. I'll take care of your child, you take yeah. care of my child. So that it's not seen as nepotism. Yeah. No. So you just see this guy coming in, you, you don't, don't yes. you know, they're not yeah. related yeah. to anyone. Yeah. You think, why is he getting away with so yeah. much? Because yeah. no, he's been taken care of. Yeah. Because the other one's yeah. been taken yeah. care of. And we're still building wow. our social capital. Yeah. So hopefully one day for mm. our 
you know, for my children and your children and your grandchildren, they'll have mm. access where we can phone a friend and mm. say, mm. you know, but we, mm. that's what we're still building. Mm. Whereas white people have had that for, for centuries. For centuries. Yeah, because yeah. The, the truth of the matter is life operates through connections. Yeah. Like I'll mm. say, Especially oh, hey, I know someone yeah. who can help us yeah. with the meeting room yeah. or whatever the case may be. But if you disenfranchise from those connections, then... The, the, the funny thing is that you term it connections. As soon as black people do it, and that's corruption. Oh, yes, yeah. of course, 100. Yeah. Mm. It's so funny we've had a conversation. 100. Like <laughs> the different lenses yeah. that... I mean, we have those narratives all the time yeah. in South Africa. So if you come to South Africa as a black person, you're a foreigner. Mm. If you come to South Africa as a white person from Italy, expert. you're an expert. expert yeah. So we have... Or an all, investor. Or an investor. Yes. Or a non-profit. <laughs> so we have True. these languages. We have words that uh, mm. mean different things. You look at Mark Yost. Uh, um, uh, billions uh, that have been lost is called what uh, calculation irregularity or whatever. <laughs> it, is a, it is a unique name. Or, uh, <laughs> so, so it's so interesting the conversation mm. around corruption. Haley and I mm. talk about it all the time, and at the moment, because of what's going on in Ukraine, there's a lot of conversations around how the Russian oligarchs have. In, I was telling you this morning, I watched this thing. They've invested and basically laundered their money through London. London is called the Russian laundering center. Mm -hmm. So but that's not but ever really ex corruption. explored, is it? It's not seen as well it's not seen as corruption. But now it's harder and harder to to hide that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um but for for Africa, well it's always it's corruption. Always corruption. Mm -hmm. So always. and also so I mean I'm not an expert but I've been reading this um uh, books written by South Africans, uh, so black South Africans and white South Africans to give, because you know a lot of the books around uh, social justice and racism are either American or, and it's a slightly mm. different because here we have the majority that's still economically mm. not uh, disempowered. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I'm always aware of, what was I going to say now? Now I've lost my train of thought. Um, oh, oh, so and all these nuances that we, that people are never aware of, unless you're living in a black skin. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like knowing that your your um, the guy who's working with you is not as qualified, but he's earning more than you. Um, knowing that they're looking, you know, people are still looking after each other. Knowing mm -hmm. the narratives that when you as a black man, so my husband, he's quite a big guy as well, and he said he often when he's in the shop, you know, can we now have social distancing, but he doesn't stand too close to a white woman because he doesn't want her to hold a bag. or mm -hmm. And so all of these like little nuances that you live with, that if you're not, mm -hmm. if you're in a white skin, you would never you be know, aware of. Mm -hmm. yeah. You'd be like, I know you're overthinking things. Yes, yes. No, Oversensitive. No, yeah, you're being yeah. sensitive. Yeah. You're being yeah. like, but how can you not decide for me yeah. when I'm going through these yeah. things on a daily basis? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, just to go back to what you were saying about um, the changes that mm -hmm. ha we've seen or that have happened for black people, yeah. it's quite a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, um, ANC did a lot. Like, if I grew up when we had to, whenever you watch the TV, you had to put in, use a battery, mm -hmm. you know, and it would be one TV or two TVs in the whole street. Mm -hmm. And... You have to pay like 20 cents or whatever if you want to go watch TV at next door or whatever, you know, and um, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's nowadays each and every house has a satellite dish, yeah. you know, whether 
they get in the electricity <laughs> the right way, the wrong way, but mm-hmm. most of the houses or places have electricity. Even the sheds, like, you know, the ones yes, that yes. are just mushrooming everywhere, they've got dishes and all of that, they've got TVs. That's, those are the things that we didn't grow up with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, hence, most of the um, our generation, um, it was, well, not with our generation, I think the generation before, it was like, it's either you become a teacher or a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, Besides that, obviously, that's what the government was pushing us to. But you wouldn't even know that there's a engineer, there's a, there's, you know, all of these other careers or chemistry or whatever. We, we were not aware of those things. So we started becoming aware of them after we got the freedom, you know. Um, even though it was limited, it's, it's still limited to date. You can go wherever you want to go. Well, except for certain areas. Certain race groups. But uh, I, I think we, we, we are more um, open-minded. We, it, it's, it, at the end of the day, all the information is out there. You have to now go and do your own research and be able to make your mind and, and make your own decisions in, in where your life where you want your life to go. Obviously, there's limitations to that as well because... Like you were saying earlier on, if you grow up in um, in the Cape Flats, ninety mm. percent chances you will end up being a gangster or being on drugs. You grow up grow up in Kailisha, same thing happens. Mm. You know, um, there's areas even in Gauteng, there's areas where you know that mm. kids in this neighborhood, you only expecting out of hundred, you only expecting about ten or fifteen mm. to actually make it out. Mm-hmm. The rest. They're gonna get pregnant. They're gonna mm. drop out. It's it's and it's a cycle, mm. you know, because of the environment that they're in. You know, sometimes when I drive with my wife, um, two a week ago we went to Nizna, and we passed this other small, small, small place. It was like it's a small town. Like I don't know if I would survive if I had grown up mm. in this area, or if mm. if if I, I don't know if I would be here today, mm. driving and going on holiday. Mm. If I had grown up in that mm. space, you know, because you are limited to mm. the opportunities mm. that are there, mm. you know. I mean, most of the time we look up to older guys. If you're older guys around against us, that's what you're going to be. Mm. If they're drug dealers, that's mm. what you're going to be, you know. Um, and you live in the suburbs. Um, if you want to do drugs, it's your choice. Mm. It's never about the surroundings. Mm. It, it becomes your choice to say, okay. Yeah. I'm just going to take this money and go buy drugs, you know, instead of you being introduced to drugs because of the system around you, you know. So so what I'm understanding is the opportunities are more for young people, but they're still limited, be it economically or Mm. socially, Mm. because of of the communities they're growing Mm. in. Because you get other kids that they need to be parents at an age yeah. because mom is a drunk. Mm-hmm. Now to take care of three siblings, mm-hmm. I'm a girl. I end up selling my body yeah. to yeah. feed the kids. I'm not gonna go to school yeah. doing yeah. that. You know, yeah. I'm a guy. I now go rob mm-hmm. other houses just so that I can feed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. the, the kids or the family or the mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's mm-hmm. and that becomes a vicious circle mm-hmm. that goes on and on mm-hmm. because of the surroundings which is interesting because if you think about people escaping or wanting to shift that 
environment, so that little town, you would move, wouldn't you? Or you'd encourage your kids to go to the city, which is interesting, again, when, when we have a certain political party going on about people coming into Cape Town, you know, as the issue, that's what the main problem is. But there's a bigger story behind mm-hmm. that. Why people, the push and pull factors, why people are moving. Mm-hmm. Better opportunity. Yeah, totally. That's it. Because that's what, what they did was take away all the things that, all the jobs are in the city. Yeah. So you're leaving me there without nothing. What, yeah. do, you, what do you expect yeah. me to do? Yeah. You know, I need to move to the city so that I can get a better yeah. um, opportunity. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. So it's... And then um, again, you come and complain, like, why are you Okay, so we've kind of talked about yeah. that question too. How would you describe yeah. South Africa? Yeah. I mean, we can always fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. So I think, can I ask this, yes, the, 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 yes. the nice question? Yes, ask <laughs> so, um, so this year, the meeting room decided to um, focus on uh, celebrating hope givers and change makers mm-hmm. and we completely feel that the two of you fall into that space. Um, I think sometimes in the world we celebrate famous hope givers and change makers, which is fine, mm-hmm. but ordinary South Africans. So we, we, that's why we invited you to come on our podcast. Um, and so we'd like you to just share a little bit of your journey and um, how you met one another um, and about these two orphanages, um, Zanukanyo and Sinotando, um, and we want to we want to like unpack mm-hmm. what happened to you guys, how you landed up being involved there, what you do, um, yeah. So over to you. All right, yeah. This, <laughs> this is more exciting. Now, so. <laughs> yeah. So um, I will try to just recall back. I think year twenty. So I started working in twenty eleven. So 2012, 2013. So then normally when you start working, you because you never had a car, so you buy a car, mm-hmm. nice car, sort of, because you never had one. So yeah, then 2014, 2015, you meet new friends in Cape Town. They also have nice cars as well, sort of. So what we used to do now is on a random weekend, we would say, guys, let's do a charity. Oh, sorry, let's try a drive. Okay. So we would say, uh, we go into France, we're just going to make a turn there and come back. That's for like four hours, five hours drive. So we drive, and then we come back. And then the young people being young people, so, you know, they will go maybe somewhere else afterwards. So, but then we realize, uh, but guys, we are just doing the runs. For, we can do actually something better with this run. I mean, we are almost probably 10, 15 people. Mm. I think we also need to go back to our own communities maybe to give something, not just doing the run because we're doing the run is for fun. So um, the one friend came up with an idea that in December period or November period, we, we must uh, sort of identify an orphanage or um, a home that has kids that is in need. So as one of my friends is not here, but he's the one that actually started this. So then the first year, uh, if I recall very well, we identify, I think it was one orphanage in Nyanga, Sia Pambili, and the other one was also in Danone. I might, I might be mixing them up. I think we were 
eight, nine people started to contribute. So we took 400, 500, and then each contributed, and then we bought groceries for them. So, but then when you get to the orphanages, then you realize actually that is not enough. But that's what you can give at that point. So you sort of touch to say, but I could have done more. So what do you do then? So what happens is when people go for these runs or this charity drive, then you start post posting pictures mm -hmm. and whatnot. And then the other friends come in and say, ah, but I also want to be part of it mm -hmm. the following year. And actually somebody would also come and say, but actually there's another orphanage somewhere else that you can, you can go. Mm -hmm. So counting back the years now, 2017, uh, 2018, I think so we mentioned 2018. 2018, 2018 yeah. yeah. 2017, we did the same thing, but we had more people now. Um, we again went to see a Pambili, mm. and then we, I think we went to Danun again. But in 2018, if I'm not mistaken, we identified Zanokanyo. Mm. There was a lady that, one of our friends that mm. came in, she stays close to Zanokanyo. Mm. That is the time when Zanokano had a fire breakout. Mm -hmm. So there was a fire breakout, they lost the building and uh, the kids didn't have any place to stay. So we decided, now we started, we were five in 2015, so we almost maybe 16, 18. We said, guys, uh, the person that decided we need to, to visit Zanokano, just go to the caretaker or the person that is taking for the place to find out what they need on their side. So she draws a list of groceries. That time they needed a stove, they needed a deep freezer, and there was an issue about, about the building, obviously. Uh, but we could, I think we raised almost 21,000 or 20,000. For us, it, it's a lot. So a because we just like thinking 500, 500, yeah. 500, 500, and then there's people just coming. And then the person that started the whole uh, charity drive from 2015. Um, his company was the one that he was also supporting us, mm -hmm. sort of, to, to, to donate money. So they would come with a bigger portion, mm -hmm. like maybe 5,000 or 6,000 rand voucher. So that would, that would help. So that's when we met Swo. Obviously, with this kind of runs, you need somebody who needs to, to run it, sort of a director, not like coordinator, sort of. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't say we are doing it, nobody will do it. And mm -hmm. if you lose momentum, then everybody else lose momentum. Mm -hmm. So you need the energy to say, but they need, need somebody to support, the drive mm -hmm. needs to be there, otherwise it becomes an issue. And because the orphanages also needs the requirements, you, you, you want to try to raise mm -hmm. the, the money that you need, but you also don't want to push people to give mm -hmm. out of, you know, mm -hmm. you also don't want to feel like you are also a, what do you call it? Um, what is the word I'm looking for? Yeah, you are, you are, you are um, you are a burden. You don't mm -hmm. want to feel like you're a burden to people. Because as much as you're asking people, you also want to expect them to give out of their yes. own hearts. I don't want to give and then tomorrow a person complains, but why did I do Why did you force yeah. me? Now I don't mm -hmm. have groceries. Now yeah. you must give out of your own heart. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. So that's when we met Uswu. And then Uswu, uh, when I first met him, he was very passionate actually about it. From the word go, I could see mm -hmm. actually we brought a rank person here. Uh, the, Person that was running because we would we would interchange. So I would say 2015, 2016, somebody coordinates. 2017, 2018, the guy would say, ah, but guys, last year it was tough. <laughs> somebody mm -hmm. must do it. So I had to do it 2017, 2018, I think till 2019. 
then I go to school because I was also thinking, ah, but guys, I'm also tired, so mm. <laughs> I need somebody to drive this thing. Mm. So come 2019, 2020, I think it was some of COVID, 2019, mm. yeah, 2019, yeah, 2019, mm. it was some of the, um, 2019, mm. 2020, somewhere there. Yes, 2019 was the last one before, before COVID. Yeah, the 2020 was the, 2020, mm. 2021, within 2021 and 2020, yeah. Mm. So, um, then, so we were still doing Zanokamyo, Siapambili, and the orphanage in in Danone. But with these things now, because once we went we went, went to Zanokanyo, we actually realized they need a building. Mm. That was a priority for us. Mm. So but then to get a building it's not like Rosaris. Mm. It's very expensive. Mm. So we're looking at it with like you actually need probably two million or three million. Mm. Might not be enough even. Mm. So where do we get that money? Mm. So uh, that's when um Uzbu came in and then he told us maybe we can start reaching out to other companies and other people etc etc so but then when we're doing these charity drives uh when you post pictures when you tell people this is what you're doing they also tell other people mm. they also mm. just go out and say do you know this is not it mm. was there was a bandfire and and whatnot do you know this then you go out to builders now to say guys can you can you repair the containers uh, can you take out the containers because their container was also banned? Can you can you take it out? Can you help us? You you now you start looking for architectures as well, but you're looking for volunteers because I also don't have money for an architecture. Mm -hmm. uh, the last time I asked them is like uh, the person that needs to probably draw you say now it's twenty thousand. I mean mm -hmm. just to draw, I'm like I don't know. So I need somebody who <laughs> yeah. who is doing it from their own will. Mm -hmm. You see, so we met an architecture, we met builders. And then again, we formed another group now. Mm. Uh, that was from besides the charity mm. group. Now the group is called Rebuilding Zanokanya. Mm. I think Karen invited mm. you in that group. Mm. You are in that group. So mm. you in that group. Mm. So we have architectures, we have builders, we have the caretakers. So that's a long term group. Mm. So the issue with Zanokanya was also that the land is not theirs. Mm. As, 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 so they always say, they said, the city said they can stay there, but they don't have the, they call it a title deed, so they don't have that title deed. So now we had to resolve those issues before we can actually, it's a good thing now we've got somebody who's in architecture who can do the, the drawings. So that, that was great. So that process now, at least in short, we, we got an agreement sale for, for the land from the city of Cape Town. That was last week, yeah? Last yeah, week, last yeah. week. So, so that, is, that is great news. I mean, it's been two years now. It takes mm. some time. But yeah. I, it's, it feels good mm. to, you know, like you, you started from one. There was no hope. But now you are, mm. you know, at 100. It feels so good. Mm. We're, almost, we, we, we're almost there. Mm. So, yeah, with Zanokanyu being there now, like I said, you these people that come now so what happened is now there was a group of other young people now that were also doing sort of a charity drive from church in Kalicha. Mm -hmm. so they went to zanokanyo but then the caretaker from the zanokanyo said i must come there to mm -hmm. just find out what they want to do and explain to them what we also trying to do mm -hmm. so we got there and then they also gave out groceries mm -hmm. and all other things so i decided to say hey, Actually, I want to be part of these guys. I want to follow what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So they gave me their Instagram page and their Facebook page. I said, okay, let me follow. Mm -hmm. So then three weeks later, 
I see these guys are on another orphanage. They call it Sinotan. Mm -hmm. So that is also in Kadicha. I said, um, I sent them a message. I said, guys, would you please send me the because we've been assisting Sanoka and Yosia Pambili and the other orphanage in Tanu. But I said, guys, we cannot, as much as we are helping Sanokanyo, we also need to focus on other orphanages. Mm -hmm. There might be a need somewhere else. So that's why we decided this orphanage is the one that we probably need to do. Mm -hmm. So then that's where I got contact for Sinotango. So I called the lady there. I said, I'm going to come visit and check what is happening and, and whatnot. So I went with one of my friends. It was just on a weekend. So I, uh, my phone is ringing to say, oh, I'm the lady from Sinotango. You can come through. So we were almost close there. So we drove past by, yeah, ish. <laughs> when you get there, ish. yeah, now it's very, it's very sad now. You get there, the first thing that I noticed, uh, now you look at the electric meters, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the electricity meter, your, it's prepaid. sitting prepaid meter, it's sitting at 0 0.002. Mm -hmm. Like, so what's going to happen now in this? So my friend said, okay, it's fine. Let's just cough up maybe 50 rand, 50 mm -hmm. rand. Let's just buy electricity. These days you have phones, so you can just put mm -hmm. in. So now the plumbing is bad. There's, the water is mm -hmm. overflowing. The kids don't have food, nothing. There, there was literally no food mm -hmm. at that moment. They were uh, actually sleeping on the floor. And um, yeah, you could hear the lady saying, we don't have food. We're actually trying to make up flour so that the kids can just have, you know, bread mm -hmm. or something to eat. So then I contacted um, Uzwu, I contacted now our main group to say we need to focus on, mm. on Sinotango. But at that point now, we took some of the money that we had from our own pockets because I was touched. So we said, I mean, I'm going back home. I'm leaving a home that is probably 24 kids, they're not gonna, they're gonna sleep up, they will sleep with no, nothing to eat. I said, let's go and get something. I'm just, I know it's, it might stretch my budget a bit, but I will feel good knowing that they have something to eat, you know. Mm -hmm. So then we went and buy groceries, and then I said to them, I understand, you know, the need. These groceries might not be enough mm. to, to, to last you for maybe a month or so, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to relate the message to, to the guys. We're going to start a project. Likely it was October. So normally in September, October, we start planning with our December runs. Mm -hmm. So we said, Sinotando, Sanokanyo. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So then we started, uh, what you call it now, collecting money, mm -hmm. donations, mm -hmm. and all those things for to say we are going to Sanokanyo. They didn't have a fridge. The fridge was broken. The stove is broken. So... Yeah, it, it was it was a lot. So we started collecting money, I think that was mm -hmm. December, and then we did a charity run for them in December. I think that's when I had met you before mm -hmm. and I told you, hey, actually we have another opening besides <laughs> Don't you yeah. want you said don't you want to come see it? Yes. <laughs> so so then we did a charity drive and then yeah. it was at least it was enough the 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 stuff that we bought we i think we raised 26000 yeah, yeah 26000 yeah and i was so i i never been so happy at yeah. the time <laughs> I was never, but still 
it could last them for two months. Yeah. But still, it's not enough. Yeah. There is still a lot of yeah. things that need to be done on that organization. Two months. Yeah, that two months. In two months, it was finished because they say they use, I think 10K, they need rice, mm. semp, mm. Uh, maize mm. meal, mm. and flour. That's 10 kg each, mm. but it must be 40 kg each. Mm. So normally they would buy four, um, bags. four bags mm. of each, mm. and then it must uh, last for a month. The, the thing that touched me is, the lady that was doing it, she's mm. doing it out of her own heart. Mm. She's doing it out of, she's not getting paid for it. She's, nobody says, hey, at yeah. the end of the month, you must take care it's of not the a kids. Job. Mm. And the kids that are coming are not really no. here. She's not, no. They're coming from the Department of Social Development. Mm. But if the Department of Social Development says, we cannot take the kid back, she, I would also feel bad taking a two-year kid. Yeah. I don't know where do you send the kid. Yeah. yeah. So... I think in short, that is the story, but um, from the help that we're getting from, from the meeting room, mm. um, so, so uh, like um, you guys came last week, we're going to have those, um, we met um, Craig, yes. yeah. we met Craig, um, he did an assessment, so he's going to assist us with the doors, he's going to assist us with the tiling and also mm the windows so that really helps a lot and mm -hmm. so what we're also doing with the orphanage is trying to get them registered mm -hmm. so that they can be sort of a pbo a npo so that yes. other companies can donate mm -hmm. because the need is so big that mm -hmm. uh we cannot it's too, it's <laughs> it's too much. can yeah. i ask you though because um i uh, the, one of the ladies that went with us said that just seeing the need mm -hmm. um can be quite overwhelming that it, it took us, you know, when we came back, when we went to both orphanages, when we met um, Spoo mm -hmm. for the first time, you actually sit and for, uh, like you had to, I had to spend some time when you came back just reflecting on the need and, and mm -hmm. but, but it's so easy when you're not living where the need is mm -hmm. to then, you know, it's back of mind, but you, yeah, you gents go back every, every weekend. Yeah. Um, so how do you maintain your... A, your motivation. Um, so I love the fact that you, 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 you know, not one person's giving yeah, that you have yeah, so collective. But how do you, how do you maintain hope um, when you're seeing the this need um, in a, in the country and and how do you not become overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. As because I mean, you, you guys could, you know, you you now your life is on track. You on the success path. Um, you know, you don't need to. So the fact that you t you you stopping and saying, okay, what can we do about this? But mm. how do you just maintain that hope and motivation? Well, for me, um, before I answer that, let's just answer the first question: how we yeah. started this whole thing. So, as he has said, I met them in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, so, I just knew, okay, there's a charity drive. Um, need to donate. I donated before I even saw the, 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 the place. So I donated. I met him better when we went to Marco to go buy the stuff. Okay, here's a list. What's needed? Um, we started, you know, making sure that we get all the stuff. We went there. When I got to Zanokanyo, I was moved. You know, for me, it was like, I'm, I'm available that Saturday. I don't have anything to do. But when I got there, I was moved, and it's just a small, you know, temporary structure, 18 
well, more than 20 people living in there. You look at the rooms, other kids are sleeping on the floor, there's like one bed in each room and and now to think that as you were saying, you know, when you go back home, mm. you you have more room than mm. people that live in, in, in the house. Mm. And they have less room than mm. you know. Mm. Um so that's when I was like, you know, I, I took it upon myself, like I need to be the difference that I want to see. You know, I want to be the change. Um, and that's when I started getting involved in, in this whole thing and also driving, like, guys, you need to do this. Um, first thing that I did, I went to, I worked for Pepco. Um, I went to to one of our uh, business meetings, which is Pep. I'm like, guys, actually, I sent an email to about three, three, um, uh, businesses within within uh, Pepco. Like, I'm just gonna send this email with the pictures, paint a picture, in the picture and say this is what's happening. I'd like some help. Whether you say yes or no, I've got nothing to lose, but there's a lot to gain should they say yes. Uh, Pep was one of them that said, "Oh, lovely, great. Here's ten thousand rands." Um, they gave me vouchers where we managed to buy school uniform. Mm. That was 2019, right? Yeah, 2019. 2019, um, we bought some school uniform for the kids. Um, and not only just uniform, anything that we could find in, in PEP. And um, another one that I sent to PEP called Speciality, I sent it directly to the CEO. <laughs> and he responded like, okay, leave it to my hands. And he, when was it last year? Um, they, they, they gave me 30,000 rands and said, okay, yes, 30,000 rands based on their needs. Uh, we managed to buy beds for them. And, you know, as you saw, the kitchen room has like bunk beds. And at first, I was thinking double bunk beds. It's like, okay, it's still going to be less people having a bed to sleep on. So, as I was look, going through looking for a supplier, I saw this other triple pound bed. It was like perfect. <laughs> and this will, at least now, you know, six kids, even if they slip two by two, but you have more beds for, for the kids. Um, we bought them beds and other stuff that they needed, and then other cash they had to use for, for groceries and whatever that they, they could use it for. And the nice thing about Pepco Speciality said, okay, we will adopt MSS as our CSI, mm -hmm. you know, um, which then they've been um, supporting them um, wherever the way they can. That's Zanokan. Zanokan, yes. Zanokan. Yes. Okay. So, you know, like, we didn't know where we were going. Better mm -hmm. told us about it. And I said, okay, because it was just after we had received the 30,000 men for Zanokan. Mm -hmm. Their needs were not that much. Like, okay, let's drive most of the money that we've raised at twenty six thousand rands. Mm. I think we, yeah, I think twenty of twenty, if not more, went to um, Sinotan mm. because in Okanyo they already have mm. more established mm. than mm. Sinotan. Uh, got Sinotan though. I think I don't know if anyone noticed, but I shed a tear because of. We also, yeah. yeah. So like, like, uh, 
I couldn't help it. No. The tears just started it's coming like, down my eyes, thinking like, like okay, how, how 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 are people living like this? Yeah. And you look at the youngest kid is like mm. eight months old. Mm. You know, it's it was very very touching, and so that that's what is moving me. I just want to interrupt me. because that okay. this is very important. We're gonna just because it's paused, so I just want to. Oh. Okay. Hi, hi, listeners. Um, so lots to talk about, um, and we're learning lots from um, Mbere and Spoo. Just to continue, I think, um, Spoo, you were saying how you were moved when you, I think that's where we ended, when you when you um, came to Sinotan for the first time. Yeah. So, um, let me just try and get back. Okay. So when when I when we got to Sinotan, you um, so we took took out all the groceries and put them outside, blah blah blah, the fridge, and and then Mum Violet, who's the caretaker there, she was like, oh, go inside and see how the kids live, and just walking in there from the kitchen. So I was taking a video and she's going through the house. That's when I started shedding tears, like mm -hmm. thinking, how do people live like this? How, how, how are they surviving? How, I'm just even getting emotional right now, but um, just like, why is it okay? Um, what makes it okay? What can I do? To make a difference, to to change this, you know, um, kids are sleeping on the floor. Um, there's water puddles everywhere. Electricity, electric wires are just hanging. The place is just a bomb waiting mm. to explode, mm. you know. And here you've got twenty four kids from an eight month year old to a twenty. How old is all? I think about twenty one year old. And Mom Violet herself in mm. there. Like you, you just that that's that's what keeps me going um on a daily basis or just that motivates me to do better, to to be the change all the time, you know. Um to a point that I I I'm not afraid of rejection. Um I know, okay, with my powers, I can only do so much. Well, financially on my side, I can only do so much. But I'm not afraid of rejection by just speaking to other people and saying, listen, there's this thing, that movement that we're busy with. Would you be interested? You know, if you say no, it's okay. You know? Um, but if you say yes, great. Not great for me, but great for the kids. You know? Um, we, I even introduced the whole thing to my colleagues at work and said, guys, this is what we, what I do um, with my spare time, mm. you know, my spare money, mm. you know, and um, they liked the idea, they asked me to create a group for, the, for them where I can share all of these mm. things, share banking details and whatever, which I did, and they came through mm. for that um, charity drive in, in, in December. And some of the colleagues actually even came through, mm -hmm. and they were also moved mm -hmm. by the, the the situation or everything that it, we are doing, mm -hmm. and how these kids are living, and they want to make a difference mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. uh, where we even decided to, 
after the charity drive, uh, Mom Violet said, guys, the kids don't have school uniform. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. Pants are torn. I see that I need to now try and, mm -hmm. you know, mm. stitch them up and whatever. I went back to, or we spoke about it with me, okay. I came up with an idea, like, okay, how many kids do we have? Let's get the list of the kids, school clothes, sizes and whatever, ages, everything. Let each and every person adopt a child or two, mm. depending on their pocket. And these are the needs. You have to buy um, school shoes, mm. bag, shirts, trousers and whatever. And told my colleagues as well. And they each adopted, you know. Um, we came through and we managed to buy the, the school uniform. It, was, it, it didn't come... How can I put it? Um, we were a bit late because we only found out about it, mm. you know, just the schools were about to open, but it, it all happened within a week. Mm. It all happened within a week and everyone came through. Mm. Um, I think the schools opened on Wednesday. We only managed to drop off the school mm. uniform the Saturday mm. after. Mm. You know, I remember so. you yeah. sent those photos. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, and, so lovely. And that was so, so moving yeah. that... You know, you, you sleep better thinking like, okay, I've, I've, I've made a change. Yeah. I've, I've put a smile yeah. in, in those kids' faces. Yeah. You know, I remember even last year, so we did our drive on, on the 7th. Was it the 7th or the 4th? I think it was the 7th or the 4th of December. Uh, 4th of yeah, December. Yeah. yeah, it was the 4th of December. And just before Christmas, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, my, my, with my family, we've got plans that we're going to do for Christmas is where we're going to go in, you know? Mm. Um, and I'm just thinking about those kids, mm. what's going to happen to them, what's happening in their what, what do they have planned in, in their lives? You know, and then I decided, you know, I came back from work, I went to, I think it's Jumbo. And initially I thought I was just going to go there and buy, like, sweeties and, like, just small things. And... Thinking I'm just going to spend about 600 events, you know, um, that's how much I'm, I have available. I came out of that place having spent almost 2,000 events. Mm -hmm. And it, it didn't feel like I broke my bank at all. Mm -hmm. It was like, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, I kept on grabbing stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I felt like a kid. Okay, ooh, they'll love this. Ooh, they'll love this. And when I got to the till, they say this much, I was like, well, it is what it is, but it's for a greater cause, mm. you know. I just want to uh, stop you there because I think, mm. uh, listeners, that's an important um, uh, important thing that we need to sit with is that what apartheid did in South Africa is dehumanize us all. So people who were different color were not regarded as human. Mm. And the, these questions that you keep on asking yourself, how do people live like this? What makes it okay? Mm -hmm. And it's as we, be, we, we see each other as humans, mm. so we need to be in these uncomfortable spaces because mm. we need to see how these kids are struggling. Mm. Um, and as we see these, um, then to be moved. So I like the fact that, that it, and it, it does not, you, you're not only... So you're not only benefiting um, the, the child, but what it does for you as a person, because you're almost reclaiming your humanness mm -hmm. when you're refusing 
to see a child go hungry mm. or sleep on the floor mm. or you know um or be in an unsafe or space. be in an unsafe mm. space and so i think that's very important for us as south africans mm. to start reclaiming um mm. our humanness mm. our humanity and the other thing i like um because i believe that every person's been created yes. with specific gifts and abilities mm. yes. and the fact that the, you invest we, you two are investing in people mm. is probably the best use of your your talents and abilities because mm. ultimately it's through people that the world is changed and so mm. i like that you investing in the humanity mm. and that also that we use our gifts not only mm. for ourselves and to make our lives comfortable but how mm. we make um we leave the world in a better place mm-hmm. than it was by the time we we exited so mm-hmm. yeah sorry sorry listeners that is in our in our current discussion with the meeting room ladies part of it is around looking at humanity and people's dignity and worth mm-hmm. and what apartheid did to that and, and mm-hmm. what we should be doing differently so i just wanted to touch on that mm-hmm. yeah I just wanted to i don't know if it will be this is the right place to say it, but I go to church so so um also sort of I spiritual sort of I the teachings that you I also read the bible mm. and so I mean that's what is taught in church mm. so um, every now and then it's either maybe it might be through social media or it might be on tv somebody preaching they will always ask remember Jesus asked Peter do, do you love me mm. and then he asked again Do you love me? Mm. And then feed my sheep. Mm. Do you love me? Mm-hmm. Feed feed my lamb. So it was not really saying <laughs> lamb as literally people think it's lamb or sheep, <laughs> but the people. So that that always gets to me all the time. Mm-hmm. So if I don't do that, it's like actually yeah, hey, Jesus, I don't care about you. So mm-hmm. I also don't care about those people. Mm-hmm. So for me mm-hmm. besides um the whole sort of um vision that we have as a, as a, as a group mm-hmm. it's also a heart issue it's also a gratitude issue mm-hmm. it's also a soul issue it's also a spiritual issue mm-hmm. in terms of we need to love one another mm-hmm. we need to love one another as they loved us so mm-hmm. if i don't like you i don't like you i don't like you how are we human to each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. you know and i think what what karma um, say now that part of probably told us oh, told us to be sort of separated mm-hmm. to each other but we supposed to be close to each other and we supposed to love each other as human beings mm-hmm. so the same way i see you amongst the same way i would treat you the same way i expect you to be treated mm-hmm. and the same way i feel that that person is sleeping without food i would also think but mm-hmm. they are not sleeping with food i must just not say that ah, i don't care they are just mm-hmm. doesn't they deserve it it's mm-hmm. not it's not supposed to be like mm-hmm. that you see mm. so so for me it also comes with a uh, sort of a, a christianity spiritual mm. and godly mm. love that uh, mm. god has love for us so we must also love the other people it's it's how it is mm. yeah. and i also feel and not that i really want to be good but it feels good to do mm. it to be honest mm. there is nothing like that you just when you go to sleep you like actually Wow, yeah. I did something and mm. you are so at peace that you like yeah, yeah mm. it's, it's it's it might feel a bad thing when you find that ish that money you know I was supposed <laughs> to to buy you know maybe that game or something no. so but I used it for a for a better purpose mm. but then what is 
also i was i was telling Uswu and 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 like he said we are not afraid to ask mm. but we also get sort of we, we we sometimes we don't understand when we ask people that have money a lot of money mm. and when we see <laughs> these people actually spending that money on things that are not we feel that it could have been for a better cause for somebody that is struggling and they couldn't even give us that i'm not asking for that immediate mm. just give 500 rand it's mm. fine from that but that person would rather say ah no let me take that 500 rand mm. now i'm going to buy my cigarettes i'm going to buy my alcohol mm. or i'm going to buy these expensive shoes that i need mm. but to my mind i'm thinking ish but you know it could have been for for and i'm not saying people i don't want to control how people lose their yeah, money sure, it's, sure. it's it's their money yeah, so yeah. they use it as yeah. but i think uh there can be sort of a change of a mindset yeah. to say yeah. you can also do it for a better cause and mm. it, it, it it would really feel good to do it mm. and if you have the same mindset i think it can make a difference yeah. for the whole community and africa yeah. 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 and because i had this picture when you were talking there about food how we have in the inequality in our country so we don't we have children these children going to bed with no food mm. and but on the other hand you have like we shop at woolies and we have our vegetables i'm not saying one shouldn't shop at woolies mm. but you know you have your vegetables especially packed and cleaned mm. and you can have whatever with this sauce and that's also it's like on the one hand there's feasting mm. and on the other hand there's famine mm. all in one country yeah mm. Mm. and some of it like you buy your food and then it goes it rots in the fridge yes mm. and mm. meanwhile someone out there doesn't even have you know so it's that um, but isn't it in the scene because i find the fact that you gents are going every weekend you're keeping it front of mind how do we how do we restore dignity for these kids mm. so that they have food in their proper beds because why shouldn't they be sleeping on proper and beds and a new school uniform and so a new that school touched uniform. me because yeah. the you know a, a new school uniform so every day the, it's it's multifaceted that school uniform so i'm investing in you and it matters that you're going to school and education you matter it's like it's a big thing a school mm. uniform Mm. And and you you should see how these kids also get motivated um with um we 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 get there driving these cars and whatever mm. and they like okay when i grow up as well when ah, i exactly. want to drive that and exactly. the only way make sure that you yeah school. stay at school yeah. pass and you will get there yeah. Yeah. you know it sort of motivates them um they get in the cars drive them up and down yeah. just you know Yeah. Just to have because some of them like they've never ever been in yeah. in in a golf GTI. Yeah. They just see it from a distance but they know in December I'll get an opportunity mm, just to so ride in that GTI, yeah. come out of the sunroof and just mm. you know it's, it's 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 to see the smiles in their faces it's just it's priceless. Mm. But for them yeah. to see I think it goes beyond because especially in Cape Town where the inequality you can really mm. so mm. stark. They seeing white people or either achieve or drive these lovely cars for them to see two educated black men drive very nice cars have successful lives now the light bulb goes on well if spoo and mbere can do it you know speaking of that um but a year or two years ago I was moving from Parklands going to where I live right now so 
I got these other guys to come and help me move. They've got a park. So I've hired a trailer and a park and they come through in the morning and get there. It's a three bedroom, two bath uh, place. And this, one of these guys, when he walked in, okay, he's like, okay, so we're moving every, what are we moving? Which room are we moving? And my wife's like, no, we're moving everything. Like, mm. It's like, okay, so you guys live here, just the two of you. This entire place is yours. He, he just couldn't believe it. Like, like this place is yours, and all the furniture is yours. I was so touched by that because, for him, he's coming from Kailicha. For him, he just knows that if it's a house, it means then there must be like three or four, or five families mm-hmm. living in there. Share You're sharing your space. Yeah. He he doesn't understand that. Yeah. You could have just two people living yeah. in. How's this? <laughs> mind you, you're black as well. <laughs> yeah. How? Like so it doesn't. Shifted it, the story. It, it didn't. It didn't yeah. gel to to him. Like he kept on like shaking his head. Like, yeah. and he walks into the other room with the main suite. Like um, in suite, is like it has a. You have mm. like just like that. Like he couldn't even. Finishes his words like mm. you even have a bathroom in your yeah. own like mm. it, it it just showed how the inequalities mm. that we have like you've got these guys that are living in the location or in poverty and that's all they know they're not even going to be aspiring to mm. be better than what they are seeing here because they don't know any better if he gets himself a room or a shack in the back room or whatever, that's good enough. Yes. I've got my own place. Mm-hmm. That's that's enough for him. You know, he doesn't think about me owning, mm-hmm. let alone Kim's Bay and your Constantia mm-hmm. houses and whatever. You know, that's even way far. And how how are you going to better yourself if you don't think yeah. what, where you go? Yes. Or where could I go? Or where, where could, could I dream? Go? Exactly. So their dreams yeah. is just like, yeah. uh, as long as I got a room, I'm, I'm okay. So you, so you two gents and and the gents that journey with you in your smart car group, um, is you, you going beyond just providing material needs? Because now you are standing up as as mo- role models of what you're giving these these young people in this home and these young kids an opportunity to dream. So, because if you let, if you guys could do it, they think okay. They look like me mm. because that's the thing in South Africa. Can identify. Yeah, mm. we see people not looking at us living in the fancy homes, driving mm. the fancy mm. cars, mm. and so it instantly that disqualifies you. But the minute you see people mm. who look like you mm. doing it, you okay. It's yeah. possible. They get it's possible. It's possible. They get inspired. Yeah. Um, they get yeah. inspired. And uh, I think from my side, I wanted to say. Because if we don't help that that kid that is there, I mean, like uh, Karim was mentioning, uniform. If they don't have a uniform, they won't be able to go to school. Mm. If they don't have a stationery, they won't be able mm. to do what they're supposed to do mm. at mm. school. So for us, we're saying, as much as we are giving, we are uplifting somebody who will come from that space as well. Mm. That will be probably inspiring to be similar to us, but that would also come back again to the same community mm. to leave the others and there will be mm. more of yeah. those people mm. now mm. but if we leave those kids 24 kids that means we're just saying ah 
24 kids, mm. you are fine. We don't need you anywhere. And the 24 else. multiplies as the well. 24 as multiply as well because be. they have the same mentality. Mm. But if we change the mentality of maybe from that 24 kids, 10 of them mm. there, they can mm. re multiply and re multiply mm. and it can change the entire community. So mm. for us, that is also the people to say we need to assist the kids, they must go to school. And then they must also come to be so independent themselves so that mm. it will also deload the orphanage. Mm. So so that once they're independent, then maybe they will get other kids that need mm. help as well. Then we can assist. Mm. But yeah, it also to to deload uh, the burden on the caretaker. Mm. It would also mm. help. So I think for me, there is a greater picture to say mm. we can have a kid that will go to college or university mm. there, get a job and then they will also come back and probably assist us and then it multiplies uh, just like that. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I know we have, and, and I think we, we're speaking like over lots of questions, so we're not following it. Um, but I do want to ask a question which wasn't on here because the, this concept of Ubuntu gets chucked around in South Africa and I don't know if I fully understand it, mm. but um, I realize it's a very African concept and, and is it a motivator? Um, in in how you live and and the fact that you are saying I can't sleep at night, mm. knowing those twenty four and twenty one at at the, um, kids need stuff. Mm. From my understanding, Ubuntu. Just to explain, mm. from my understanding, is that it, it comes from way back before we were colonized and all of that. We. You've got villages, and I'm sure that we can relate to to to, mm -hmm. to such um, when it comes to villages. Where if I have a son, it takes a community or a village to raise a son. So my son, when he sees him, Mary, he sees him as a father. Mm -hmm. So Mary has very, very much right to reprimand my son if he sees him doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not only up to me only. Mm. So the entire village mm. takes care of, mm. you know, um, the kids around. Um, I can easily one one home will not go will not starve while you are eating. Mm. You know, if if they slaughter a, a, a cow or a goat or a sheep, invite the, the entire village to come and feast. You know, um, that, that, that's the spirit of Ubuntu. Mm. You could be moving from one village to another, but it's maybe 150 kilometers away. Mm. You are walking that direction and it gets late. You could literally go to any home and say, I'm heading to such and such direction, but now I'm tired. I need a place to sleep. Mm. No Airbnb. It's come just in. come in. Prepare food for you, tea and whatever in the morning, prepare water for you to, to wash yourself, and then you head on to, to the next place. That's Ubuntu. You know, where you, you, you cannot now sit and be comfortable with some seeing someone else going through the most and be like, I'm in a better position, I'm okay, and not do anything about it um, to help that particular person. So that, that's where Ubuntu is coming from. This is where I'm, when we keep on saying that, I cannot be able to sleep at mm -hmm. night and mm -hmm. knowing that these kids are 
suffering like this. They don't have clothes, they don't have food. Like I went with my wife when you did the charity drive. She was like, babes, um, from now on every month when you go to buy groceries, we need to get some stuff for Sinota. Mm -hmm. So all the, 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 the basics that we can manage to get, but we need to include them in our mm -hmm. grocery list mm -hmm. because there's no way that we can sit comfortably mm -hmm. when we can easily go to a restaurant and spend mm -hmm. so much money on just a date. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, other people don't even have mm -hmm. just a bag of rice or a bag of mini meal. You know, it, it doesn't, mm -hmm. it's not right. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's where Ubuntu is, is, is coming from. And I, 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 I wish that we could all go back to that, to those roots. And I think this world would be a better place, mm -hmm. you know, including, and Ubuntu is not only just for, 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 for black people, mm -hmm. you know, um, white, black or whatever, have Ubuntu, have that humanity and mm -hmm. we'll go a long way. You know, if, if, if we can find out something. It's such a beautiful, beautiful African concept that you wish would catch fire yeah. Yeah. in other parts yeah. as well. Because mm -hmm. um, I think weed, I don't fully understand mm -hmm. it. I see it lived out. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when, when, that's why I asked you about Ubuntu because I'm seeing it what, by what you're saying mm -hmm. and how you live your life, you including. So my, my, my grocery bill includes mm -hmm. the village. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, you, you recognize it. But I don't think we fully understand it. And I think you almost need, mm. and again, bridging, you need people to see it in action. Yes. Because it's it's doable because it's a collective thing. So the burden's not on, on an individual. Mm. Yes. And collectively, what it could look like mm. if, as you say, we all adopted. Mm. Mm. Child, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It makes a huge difference. Mm. You know, I mean, alone, there's only so much you can do, but mm. collectively, the difference is huge that you make because if I come with my 500 rands, um, it's, it's just a tent, mm. you know. But if now you come with yours, and at the end of the day, we've got 10,000 rands, mm. that 10,000 rands makes a huge difference, yeah. yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. just to think that in your family, how much do you spend in your grocery? Uh, <laughs> and then, our uh, grocery bill is enormous. Yeah. We mm. have, I have four children, so it's. Mm. I, but now think about 24 children. Yes, so that's know? it. Uh, that's why when, <laughs> when Vidas and I were having a conversation and she was telling me how much her grocery bill is, I, because you multiply mm. the four. Mm -hmm. Yes. And mind you, she's just only buying the basics. 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 Yeah. basics. basics. No, no, that's salmon, not what I'm no. Like. Yeah. yeah, no luxuries. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. basics. Yeah. And it's already that much. Not enough. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's not enough not as enough. well. Yeah. And you're wanting it to, to drip down to the next generation. So I find, I want to, as I'm always very hesitant, that's why we ask you, even when we went to, um, to Sinotando, and I, I asked the girl, the, the young women, can I enter your room? Because I'm very aware that this is your space, and you have these strange people in your space. But I think it's so important for my kids to see that you have a responsibility while you're living in this country. And even if you're not, then it's a financial, a pure financial one. You have a responsibility. This is what means mm. being a South African citizen means it was never meant to be on the government. Mm. So you hope that that drip down, drips down, but they mm. need to see it. Mm. Yes. Because yes. The, as you say, your conscience needs to, yes. needs to be put. Yes. And it will spark, yeah. it spark yes. that fire. Yeah. You know? And it would be beautiful if that was the way we saw ourselves as the, in the world. Yeah. Hey? Yes. Because... Mm. You know, our faith journey is that, that there's humanity in the 
other person. So worldwide, like how do we live? So it's not just like, yeah. but as South Africans particularly. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. Where are we? Sure. Yeah. We, um, I think let's say. Are we at the end here, Haley, with our last yeah, two questions? Yeah, what gives you hope? Maybe, yeah. maybe, because yeah. I think we've discussed... Beautiful. Yeah, yeah that's probably... You want to... Yeah, uh, what gives you hope? What gives me hope is Karen and Karen. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it, it's so beautiful to, 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 to see that we, we're not alone in this mm. thing. We've still got people like, like yourselves. You've got a group that you are... Saving money every month for a greater cause, you know, um, and you're not only doing this. You're not looking at the area that you're living in, but you crossing that bridge mm -hmm. to your Kailicha and going and helping out those kids that's out where you have no business. You know, you you don't know anyone personally that side. You have no family, but you feel the need that okay, let me make a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just wish that we can get more and more of currents out there, <laughs> you know, and 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 more mirrors and more singles, you know, just to. Um, and also the fact that we are having this conversation together—that's mm. for me is beautiful. It yeah. is, yeah. it is, it yeah. is indeed. And and I'm sure from from your listeners, um, at the end of the day, I'm hoping this will spark mm. another another um, current out yeah. there in the world, yes. you know. Yes. And and they can spread it yeah. to other people as well. So listeners, don't listen to this podcast alone. Get your friends, get your family, listen with them. Let them realize what is happening out there. What are we doing, yeah. or what they can do to yes. make a difference? You know, sure. I love that. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. things we said uh, <laughs> quite a chunk, and yeah, like he said. Um, I mean, I, I'm also sort of, social media, I know it is it's bad, but there's also the good about mm -hmm. it as well. So there is, there is people, also other stuff again out there. Mm -hmm. um, there is Karen and Karen, there's Wu, <laughs> but there's also other people in social media uh, you yeah. see, like, uh, okay, I'm, uh, if I give to givers, I've met yes. some other individuals, like there's a gentleman in, in Soweto I always speak to, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard about B.I. Pakati or oh, yes, B.I. Yes, BI. Yes, yeah. So those people also give me hope mm. to say there is still South Africans that do, you know, take care of other mm. individuals. So and like you were saying now, I wish we could multiply, we mm. could multiply. And if, if that happened, but I like I'm saying, I have hope that it will change. Mm. I, I do have hope mm. it will change. So that we can have more people that have their love, they you know, want to mm. have their heart. I think for me, it starts with the with the heart. Mm. It starts with having loving one, loving mm. one each other. It will, it will. Then this this country will be a better place. It, be it becomes easier, mm. you know. Um, as soon as you do it from the heart, mm. it, it's not a it's not a burden, it's not mm. a, a, you're not forced, you, you don't have to go out of your way, you're like, okay, it's, you, you do it because you want to, mm. you know, and without expecting anything, except mm. just that you've made a difference, mm. you know, that's all, sure. you, you, that's all I get from, from it, I've made a difference. Which, yeah. when you started, you said your name is 
blessing. 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 Mm. Yeah, she was so Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Better, what is your name? Mean? <laughs> Mine is quite opposite, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you say Mberegene, you're like saying, wait for me, actually. Serve me, something like uh, that. Okay. Yeah. So it's but quite you've like, but you've spoke because you're serving others. But yeah, there is hope, and I'm I'm really positive about it. And it's always good to be positive. I know things are tough, mm-hmm. and you feel like, Ish, I know <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> no, I can't do it. Because it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, it is tough. But it, there, there is peace. There is love within it, yeah. and and you feel that you. When you do it, you feel like actually I have a purpose yeah. in this life. It's not mm-hmm. just this eight to five that I do every day. Exactly. Just coming mm-hmm. back from eight to five and buy groceries, cook, and mm-hmm. then do my work and study, and then wake up again, go back. Well, somebody is I can make a change in somebody's yeah. mm-hmm. life, you know. So, so there is there is hope, and I am pretty sure we'll get more. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they said everything small starts uh, a bit like everything big starts small so mm. yeah I uh, think so. they say Rome was not built in a day mm. yeah mm-hmm. and you you gents have so inspired us yeah um, because and I'm harping on your your age I mean you're not that given um, but given that we live to a hundred you are very young but the <laughs> fact that um, you are totally an antithesis to what people to the, the, the very skewed narrative around black young men. Mm. And we often, that you are a generation that um, that we have hope in. Because often we think, oh, you know, we don't know where these young people are going. But that you've actually, you give hope for your generation. And hopefully that drips down to the, the kids that are watching you. Mm. Because they are watching you. So we are watching you. Um, and we, we love watching um, and that we are very inspired by what you do. I, I would love our ladies, all of them, to meet you. So at some point when we have a meeting on a Saturday, you have to pop in. We always have lots of food. So so okay. that would be the draw card. Um, and it would be lovely just for the, for you to tell the, your life story to them. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you... I mean, it's been a lovely, very interesting discussion. Mm, fantastic. Um, Thank you so much for yeah, for taking the mm, time, taking mm, time yeah. and joining us. Oh, it was worth it. Uh, cool. Enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> this was great. Yeah. yeah, this was this was great, and uh, it, it it gives you you as an individual you need to refuel. Yeah. So yes, it's a as, mu- as much as yeah, I can say I like yourself, Karen, you want to do what you need to do. You also need to be refueled. Yeah. You also need to be refueled. Yeah. He also needs to be refueled. Yeah. So if we support and we talk about this thing, it gives me that hope to say, ah, but don't give up now. Yeah. No, we are I... here. We'll spur you on. Yeah. Because yeah. there's a link. You feel us and we can feel you. Mm. So so don't give up. If mm. you feel like that, you need to yes. Um, yes. So, I mean, be encouraged. Looking at... Um, Mom Violet, mm. she's has opened her home. Mm. Her own house is now mm. a senior time of niche home. And mm. she has to do this on a daily basis. Every day. Every mm. day. Even when she's sleeping, she has to do she it. She can never have a rest. And I just have to show up mm. now and then, now mm. and then. It's 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 nothing compared to what she mm. is doing yeah you know i actually uh, one thing that i forgot that we still need to do for sister no and probably even mom that we can even maybe book them uh, 
a double massage. That's what Jezebel is. That's what Jezebel is. Women, you like, what do they have? Yeah, just yeah. do something for them. Yeah, yeah. Just totally. Forget about the kids. Yeah, because yeah. full makeup and yeah. I love that. Take her to a restaurant, fancy restaurant, whatever, eat what you want to eat, massage. You know, something that will. Also, just you know, yeah. like, it's because I'm sure it's something that they've never ever, yeah. never. don't even think about it. Yeah. Just take them out of their box yeah. that they have decided so to. Oh, we're you know? yeah, yeah, so just yeah, like, yeah we always thought the best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of our, so listeners, as you can see, when you work together and when you actually connect the ideas that flow. Thank you, James. Thank very you so much. much. And you, listeners, Karen. until next time. Bye.